0: Uh, and probably a little bit later rainy day as we progress through the gospel of John. Thank you, Antonio, for reading that for us. If you're new with us this morning or is this your first time here, uh, we've been journeying through the gospel of John, uh, uh, not quite verse by verse, but section by section. Uh, And we're really just trying to get a grasp of this entire gospel and all that Jesus said and did. And This morning we're at one of the, um, actually the second I am statement in the gospel of John. There's these multiple I am statements in John's gospel where where Jesus simply says, I am. The first one was, I am the bread of life. And we saw that that meant that God will be what we need. He's our provision in the moment for the moment. That means God never promises to give us abundance, abundance, abundance. It's going to be a rough morning. Hey, I don't know if y'all noticed this. Um, this is sign one This is going to be a rough morning. I probably should not have gone down this rabbit hole. Um, like, oh, never mind. All right, so yeah, yeah, but, but God never, this, this first I am statement where God never promises to give us abundance, right, um, um, but, but that God uh, shows us that he is what we need in the moment for the moment. And so this here's here's the deal. And Brian Amick, when he was when he was here interning with us and preaching, he preached this sermon, right? Um, that that because of God and because of our knowledge of God and because of our faith in him, we're able to walk confidently, even when it seems like things are gonna come up short, right? Um, because we know that God is going to provide everything we need in the moment, for the moment. And so that was the first of the I Am statements. The second one we're at this morning is where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Um, and, and this is an important one, and we're going to see what that means for us and for our lives and how, um, through this statement, God is calling us to, um, to, to know him and to follow him uh, and to pursue him with, with our all. And so uh, let, let's pray, and then we'll get into our message for this morning. Uh, God, we give you thanks um, this morning that you give us this opportunity to come into this place uh, and to, um, to, to settle here and, and to hear your word. And your word, oh God, is precious to us. And it's not like any other word, but it has deep and rich meaning and purpose and value. And so, God, we treasure your word and we hide it in our hearts. And we don't just hide it as, um, as we do with any other treasure, but we hide it as, um, as transformation for our souls And so, God, we just ask that this morning, that as we read your word, that you will use it to bring about change and transformation in our lives, that, that God, you will make us new, that we'll understand what it means for you to be the light of the world and light for us, and that we will live in the light and walk in the light, and that our world will be changed as a result of it. in your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, well, I've always, I have a few little items on here that I want to uh, show you, I've always had a thing for, uh, for flashlights, um, and, and I'm, I'm kind of a collector of flashlights, if that sounds weird to you, um, maybe it is a little strange, um, so, but, but I brought a few of my favorite flashlights with me this morning, um, just, just, just because, right, we're talking about light. Um, so this one is was the first flashlight, uh, or at least my oldest flashlight I've ever had. It's a Maglite. I always felt like every boy, like when he gets to his teenage years, wanted to have a Maglite when I was a kid. It was like, uh, yeah, I, I remember saving up for this uh, Maglite flashlight. It's the one with the D batteries. I always... Um, it, As as a kid, I felt like I could have a Maglite flashlight and I could see things, and now I could also say, don't mess with me. Um, And so I remember saving up my money and finally going to the Home Depot and getting this Maglite flashlight because they're heavy and and, and, kind of serve a dual purpose. Mine's all... it's kind of scratched and dented, but it's not because I hit people with it. It's because I dropped it on the ground. I promise you of that. Um, and so, like, all over my house, in fact, in almost every room I have a, have a flashlight. This one, uh, it, it's kind of bright. It's an LED lantern. So, like, whenever the power goes out, um, you can kind of turn it on. I don't, I don't know how bright this is going to be. Um, but it, but it's fairly bright, and it'll actually light up a, an entire room. Uh, and so this is this is one of my favorite. It just kind of stays on top of my desk, right? And... Um, um, I just got flashlights all over the place. And I don't know, maybe my wife probably thinks I'm crazy. You can talk to her about that. Um, um, and, and this flashlight uh, is, is little but powerful. Right? This is probably the most powerful flashlight I have. It's a stream light. And I don't know uh, lumens and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but some people refer to it as a tactical flashlight. I don't know if y'all ever heard of a tactical flashlight. Um, but it, but it, here's what, here's the deal. Sometimes, like, if I'm out early in the morning, I like to get up early, and I'll go out walking and that kind of stuff. Sometimes I'll take my flashlight with me um, because it's, it's both a flashlight and kind of a... Um, Uh, kind of a weapon of sorts right Uh, not that it not that it actually inflicts harm on anybody although I guess I mean I guess you could Um, but when you shine it the light on it's so bright it's blinding in fact it has this strobe feature on it that's kind of disorienting so like when you you turn on the strobe feature it just it it just it kind of disorients you Uh, and so um, so the idea of like a tactical flashlight is you shine it on somebody and then you can um I, not, not that I do this again, right? You can hit them with the ones and twos while they're disoriented, right? Or, or um, more, more likely, right, more, more likely for me, right, I, I will shine this flashlight, blind them, and take advantage of that opportunity and run, right? Uh, <laughs> by the time they regain their sense of, of, of where they are, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm nowhere to be found. Uh, and then um, um, we're not just going to talk about flashlights this morning, but uh, this is my, my head flashlight that you can put on your head. It's good for... Um, it's good for barbecuing in the wintertime, right? When it gets dark early and you want some barbecue, but you got to barbecue to like 7 o'clock, right? I put this on my head and I can see the grill and um, see, see, see what's going on. Oh, oh, come on. All right, all right, all right, all right, there we go. All right, yeah. Oh, I think I have it on upside down, but it's all good. Is that the red light? Just, and the red light's good. All right, so y'all gonna get me talking about flashlights. The red light's good for this. Um, I don't know if y'all know... I've mentioned it several times. So we have chickens. We even have a rooster, and um, and our uh, rooster crows. And like sometimes I need to go down and, and and handle some stuff with the chickens at night. But if I come down with the head flashlight on on bright, uh, it sets the rooster off like in the middle of the night, right? So there I am, at, like you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, just annoying my neighbors left and right. But I found that if you turn the red light on, the rooster kind of likes the red light, right? He stays quiet. He stays quiet. He doesn't think the sun's coming up. Um, but but here's the thing. Yeah, so so I, I'm I'm a collector of of, of flashlights of, of sorts. I'm sure somebody in here probably has more than I am. But here's here's the deal. It, it's not because I'm scared of the dark, right? I ain't scared. I'm just going to be frank, right? It's not because I'm scared of the dark and don't want to. But, but I, um, the dark can be disorienting, right? And I don't know if you've ever, I remember when we moved into our house, um, because I'm used to, like, getting up in the middle of the night, and I get up early before anybody else in the house ever does, uh, and I'm always trying not to disturb people. So whenever I get up, I like to, like, not turn on any lights and try to make my way through the house. I'm, I'm at the point now, and I actually kind of test this from time to time, where I'll just kind of walk through the house, right, with no lights, because I can do that now, and I've learned the lay of the house I'm not stubbing my toe. I'm not running into a wall, and none of that kind of stuff is happening. Um, uh, But but now, since we have a little boy in the house, a little kid, if y'all y'all people with kids, y'all know, like I've learned the ways around all the furniture and all that kind of stuff. I could do that with my eyes closed but that boy leaves something different somewhere in the house every single night. And if you don't have some kind of light when you get up in the morning and you're walking through the house, you're going to step on something like a little Lego block kind of thing. And those things will break your feet um, or you are going to stumble over something. And so I have all these flashlights because the dark is disorienting. And, and in fact, if you think about when you're in the dark and you've ever walked through a dark room, right, what, what do you do, right? Your hands are, are kind of up and you're kind of Kind of feeling your way through almost testing your your way th- through 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 the space that you're in um, and, and even if, if we're in in, in darkness like um, you know if our life is is kind of dark we're trying to feel our way through and, and, and kind of figure our way through the darkness because ultimately darkness is disorienting we can't see where we're going we can't see what we're doing we have to find a way to make a way and and um, um and we're going to see in a moment that almost becomes a metaphor for, for life when it's lived in darkness, right? That we, we, we're always trying to feel our way through, find a way to make a way, um, but Jesus promises to be our light, right? So in the Gospel of John, one of the things we see that's happening over and over again, and, and I, I started with this outline, and I, and I put all these scriptures where John uh, uh, compares light and darkness, right? And... and um, and I began to look at those and I was like, man, we'll be there all morning if I sit here and try to read through all the scriptures where John is comparing light and darkness because it's one of the themes in John's gospel uh, is he's constantly holding up this light and darkness and he's holding them up as opposites, right? There's this good and evil is often the way we simplify light and darkness, right? There's, there's light, which is good. There's darkness, which is evil. I used to have a friend, um, he was from the country. Uh, and, uh, and his grandmother, he used to say, because we, we were in college, actually, and I, I would want to go out um, kind of like late at night, late, late being like 8 30 after the sun went down, uh, and, and he was like, what in the world are we doing, right? Um, why, why are we going out at night? My grandma used to, he used to always say this. My grandmother used to say, nothing good is out at night, right? After the sun goes down, there's nothing good out, and I'm like, we're in college, right? That's when we're supposed to be out. That's what I was thinking, um, um he he wasn't on the same page. In fact, this guy is one of the reasons why I actually went in ministry. He was a strong influence. He loved the Lord. Uh, as a college student and, and was a strong influence in, in, in my life. Um, but, but there's this idea that there's like there's light which is good and there's darkness which is evil and there's things that are able to hide in the dark and in the shadows and even actions done in darkness are able to disguise themselves and not be seen. And so what we see John doing is he's kind of holding up these two, but he doesn't quite want to simplify them to good and evil, right? He, but he does want to say there are actions that are actions of darkness that lead to um, that lead to things that dishonor God and don't follow in the ways of God, and then there's light, which is, um, which is goodness. But the, but um, but I think we got to be careful with the word goodness and, and almost like shy away from it because in our society, here's the thing, right? Um, um there's certain things that we will qualify as good uh, that have absolutely nothing to do with godliness. Um, and, and so uh, we, we got to be careful of who we're allowing to shape our definition of what good, what is good for us to do, because there are times that we can do something that's good and totally self-serving and dishonors and dissatisfies God. And so we always got to be careful of that, that tendency within us to say, well, I'm doing what's good. Well, it's good according to who? And so what, what we see John doing in his gospel is he's kind of holding up uh, light and darkness as... Um, kind of like evil and things that dishonor God being darkness and light being um, uh, good according to God's standard um, or, or godliness, you could even say. In fact, let's look at one verse, John three sixteen. Now, I got to tell you, this is the first sign that it was going to be a rough morning. Uh, so, some of you don't know, Jamie's on vacation, um, and uh, they they received a, I think it was either anniversary, Stacy's birthday, some kind of trip from their fa- fa- from Stacy's father, and uh, and so they're on. And Jamie typically does the slides. Long story short, he typically does the slides. We, I, you know, I couldn't figure them out this morning, so the scriptures aren't on there. So, turn in your Bibles with me. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Um, to John, I'm telling you, I knew it was going to be a rough morning from the start. All right, so John three 16. Uh, let's just go right there. It's a classic verse. In John three sixteen. listen to what it says. And I'm going to start at 16, but really in 19, we're going to begin seeing this contrast between light and darkness. Look at John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Um, uh, I, I want to I just point out, and, and maybe um, just kind of let's put a, maybe an underline or just a memory note right there that God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, right? Because um, that's often what we think. Is that um, that, uh, and even the world thinks that right? that God God must be some judgmental God because because after all, His followers have a tendency to be. Uh, judgmental. Uh, and so we, we got to be careful that we're not misrepresenting God in that way. All right? All right. So God did not send his son into the world to judge the world. We're going to come back to that. Verse 18, uh, he who believes in Him, uh, in him is not judged. He who does not believe in him has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. This is the judgment. Light has come into the world. Men loved darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in evil. God. All right, so here's the deal. So it says that, that he did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but rather what we see this morning in John chapter 8, he sent his son into the world to be a light, right, uh, to give us an opportunity, if you will, to hold up these two, light and darkness, and give us the opportunity to choose, right, and that our judgment, this judgment kind of, um, this judgment comes upon, comes upon us not as, um, not, not as uh, this is the imagery I always had. is God kind of like snatching us up and, and like throwing us, like making this judgment, like kind of like throwing us, like like when a judge throws someone into jail. Um, we have this image of like God uh, throwing someone into hell, right? That that's the way God works. God says, "Well, because right, because you didn't you didn't uh, accept me as Lord and Savior, I'm, I'm snatching you up and I'm." throwing you into, in, into hell, I'm the judge, I'm throwing you in, and I'm throwing y'all into heaven, and throwing y'all into hell, and throwing y'all into heaven. And, and, and at least that's the image I grew up of, with, with God uh, as, a, as a child. But what we're seeing here is all throughout uh, John, John is really trying to show us more clearly God's heart um, and when he talks about light and darkness, which reveals God's heart, which is, um, which, which is this, right? God is saying, I am the maker of the universe. Like I, I, created all of this, and I made you, and I know you by name, and I want the best for you. And, and the God of creation isn't trying to manipulate us or control us or 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 um, or, or direct us in a way just uh, because of some egotistical uh, um, thing that he, he just kind of gets pleasure out of uh, out out of controlling like a um, like, like like a like a robot controlling human beings and controlling our ba- behavior. But out of the depth of God's heart, God is saying, I want what's best for you, and that's walking in, in light. And so he didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but so that he could hold up the two, right? To hold up the two, this light and darkness, this way of God and this way of evil, this way of, of light, this way of uh, darkness, this way of, uh, that, that honors God, this way that dishonors God. And God is holding up the And saying, "I am the creator of the universe." You remember how John begins, right? In John chapter one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through Him. And then later in John one verse fourteen, he says, "Um, "The Word became flesh." Right? That that Jesus was the one who um, made the world, and the world was made through Him. And and so, what we're seeing in John happening is that the creator becomes a part of his creation in order that he could lead us in the way that we were created to go. So we we don't have this God that's this judgmental God that's just throwing us one way and throwing us the other, but it's a God whose heart is broken by seeing this world live in rebellion to him, And, and he's come so that he can show us the way of light so that we're no longer walking our way through life, feeling our way through, searching and grappling and trying to find out what works and what doesn't and not trying not to stumble over things that are left on the ground and that we did not see coming but it's rather a God who, who loves us and cares for us. And so as we get into John chapter, chapter 8, um, and this, this I am statement where Jesus says, I am um, the light, we got be, to begin with that, right? We got to begin with that because that's where John begins, right? In John chapter 1, as he begins with God being the creator and the one that knows what's best for us, and really ultimately out of his heart wants to lead us uh, in that way. And so in John chapter 8, what we see, let me get back there. In John chapter 8, these bookmarks in the Bible are helpful. Um, In John chapter 8, verse 12, listen to what Jesus says. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Right, so, so here's, here's the thing we got to know whenever we get, get to this verse, um, and, and really throughout most of John, is that John, um, John was not writing to people that did not believe in God, right? John was not writing to people who did not believe in, in the existence of God. Majority of the time when Jesus is speaking and teaching, he's speaking to people who already believe, they've already been convinced that God exists. Right? So he's not trying to convince people of the existence of God or even trying to get people to trust God. Now, here's, here's something that, that's just kind of a side note with John as we've been in the gospel of John. John is a very uh, easy to understand uh, in introductory level gospel. In fact, when somebody comes to me and they say, what gospel should I start in, like start reading the Bible in, I, I typically point them to John, uh, not just because it's my favorite gospel, but um, it it probably became my favorite because of how simple it is, and and so therefore I I, I just grasp it easy. So I, I love John's gospel, but Jesus is not like, he's he's not he's not talking to non-believers like people who don't believe in God, right? That's not their hurdle. Rather, their hurdle is trust in Jesus. So they they believed in God. In fact, uh, they treasured the Old Testament scripture. So everything up uh, before Matthew in our Bibles, right? So everything before you get to Matthew, that was kind of like a. Um, um, a light for their life, if you will, right? The guide for their life. They trusted that they would have known, especially the first five books of the Old Testament: um, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Is that it? All right. So they would have known the, the first five books of the of of the uh, Old Testament. In fact, many of them would have known. Um, many of them would have known. This is crazy for me. And I, I mean, I've read this and I've studied it, and I know it. I know it to be true. Um, but it's hard for me to grasp. But many of them would have memorized whole books of the Old Testament from cover to cover. Right? That's how much they treasured God's word. In fact, it was a common practice for like the book of Psalms. It was a common, and that's the long, maybe the longest book in the Old Testament. It was a common practice for people to memorize either large chunks of it or the whole thing, right, because they treasured God's word. In fact, if you read in Psalm 119, you hear this uh, over and over and over again, this kind of treasuring and valuing of God's word as, as meaning for life, as light for, for life. And so for, for the people that Jesus is talking to here, he's not trying to convince them that God God is good, or that God exists, or, or that God is worth trusting, right? They already trusted God. In fact, if you go to Psalm, um, psalm 119, again, if you got your Bibles, you can, you can flip there. Um, Bibles, iPads, iPhones, or phones, uh, whatever you're using these days. Uh, psalm 119, verse 105. Uh, let, me, let me read that for you. And this, um, Psalm 119 is just a fantastic psalm um, because it, it really points to the significance all the way through the significance of God's word. But look at, look at verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and I will confirm it, that I will keep your righteous ordinances. Right? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so this was the mindset of the people that Jesus is talking to, right? They're going, I can't walk without your word. Without your word, I will stumble and fall. Without your word, my life has no meaning and my existence is meaningless, right? Without your word, I'm doomed for failure. Without your word, nothing else matters. In fact, there's a psalm in 119 where, uh, where David writes, like, your, your, your word is sweet as a, as a honeycomb, right? I, I crave it in the depth of my soul. And so for, for the people that Jesus is talking to, they, they didn't have a problem with believing God's word and understanding God's word and trusting in God. After all, they trusted in him. They didn't trust in, in Jesus. And what Jesus is saying, and what he wants, wanted them to get, and what he wants us to get today, is that, um, that he's the full manifestation of God's word. And therefore, when we, when we look back at verses like this, um, 105, we, we could even swap out Jesus' word with Jesus, right? We could say, um, you, you Jesus, you are a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Jesus is a, is a lamp to my feet. With, without him, I don't know where to step. Without him, I will stumble and fall. Without him, my life has no meaning and purpose. And, and, and really, when Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse, um, verse 12, when he says, I am the light of the world, he's trying to get us to see that w- without him, our life has no meaning. And he wants us to draw close to Jesus as the light. And I don't... I don't know about you, but um, our world is filled with all kinds of distractions um, that pull for our attention, right? They and it's it's easy in a world where we have um, we have technology that can make us more productive than ever. But yet, at the same time, we feel busier than ever. Right? We have we have things that are given to us. To, <laughs> I, you know, my brain is going crazy. Uh, every year, at the beginning of every year, I buy like I, I spend I spend. My wife could testify to this. I spend um, I spend days like looking for the best planner <laughs> that will make me more productive. Um, I'm I'm telling you, I'm looking, I heard the Japanese are productive. I was looking at this Japanese planner. I couldn't understand any of the words in it. But for whatever, like I knew the the planning system that it worked by, and it was going to make my day more productive, right? Uh, I got an iPhone because I had a... um, uh, Mac computer and the two could sync and people told me that was going to make my life more productive. Uh, and, and all these things that are given to make our, our lives more productive, but somehow we seem more busy and distracted than ever. It, and really what, what, um, what, what, what John wants us to see and what Jesus is trying to get people of his day to see, I guarantee you, yeah, distraction is nothing new, right? There was always something to distract us. Um, he, he's giving them the same almost like saying, pull back and recognize what matters most. Um, that, that in the end, what's really going to matter for your life? It, and he wants us to see that what's ultimately going to matter is that we're, that we're walking in light. Because it's only as we walk in light that we will live even eternally in light, so God isn't saying I'm giving, I'm, I'm sending some of y'all again. Going back to what I was saying, I'm sending some of y'all to eternal light and some of y'all to eternal darkness, or what Matthew calls outer darkness, which to me sounds more ter- terrifying than just darkness. Um, but but now He's not saying I'm just sending some of y'all to, uh, to 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 the brightest light you could ever imagine and other of y'all to outer darkness. He's saying through your actions, if you never pull back and recognize that Jesus is the light of the world, a lamp unto your feet, right, and a light unto your path, if you never recognize that, then ultimately, um, um, ultimately, w- whether consciously or unconsciously, you will shape your life so that what you're pursuing is not the pursuit of the Lord. And that's why one of our values at tri Church even is intentionality. Um, and, and all of that value is, is, um, in and of itself is saying um, the Christian life is marked with periods of pulling back. and paying attention to how we're living our lives and asking that question openly with ourselves at least and honestly, right? Am I I pursuing the light or am I pursuing something else that's masquerading as light? Something else that, that gives me satisfaction and feeling and purpose and meaning, but ultimately is dissatisfying God, not honoring God, and ultimately is not going to lead me towards God. Is it just something else in my calendar that's going to distract me for the purposes, from the purposes that God has for my life? Now, the, the people of Jesus' day didn't, didn't like hearing Jesus say this. And in fact, they got quite frustrated with him. And they tried to uh, they, they tried almost to distract him. So if we get a little bit further in John chapter 13, so the very next verse, listen to what it says. So these are the Pharisees. Um, the people that are opposed to Jesus, the religious establishment, if you will, that did not like Jesus. They loved God, didn't like Jesus. But we see here why they didn't love Jesus. Look at what they said in verse verse thirteen. So the Pharisees said to him, "You are testifying about yourself and your testimony, is not true, right? Um, so they just quite say to him, quite frankly, right, your testimony is not true. You are telling a lie. And it's almost, like, um, it's almost like me standing up here and saying, I am the greatest basketball player to ever live. That's what they're saying to Jesus. Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world, right? I am God in the flesh. I am a lamp to your feet. And they're going, but you're saying that about yourself. Like, you can't do that. That's not playing by the rules. Like, somebody else has to say that about you. Somebody else has to say, Wesley is a really good basketball player, for there to be some legitimacy behind that, because I'm awful. Um, and so, uh, so <laughs> I really am. Um, and so, but so, so, they're saying, your testimony isn't true. So, they try to dismiss him and discredit him by saying, you're only testifying about yourself. But then Jesus is, is very uh, wise and a little bit sneaky here. Because watch what he does in verse 14. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going, but you do not know where I came from or where I'm going. So he's saying, I'm God, right? <laughs> I know where I came from. I came from heaven to earth. So whether you say it's true or not, you know, it, it ultimately doesn't matter it's what he's saying, um, because I'm saying it's true. But then he keeps going. He says, you judge according to the flesh, right? So you you are... um. This is important for us to see that you are hopelessly um, blinded by your flesh, right? Um, you judge according to the to the flesh. That that the world is distorted through your eyes because you're judging according to the flesh, not through the eyes of God, but through the the eyes of, of human a human being, right? That, that we get stuff wrong, whether we admit it or not. We get stuff wrong. You're judging according to the flesh. He says. I am not judging anyone. Here's this not judging thing again, right? I'm not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, right? (laughs) Even if I do judge, my judgment is true for I am not alone in it, but I am the Father who sent me. Again, remember when he talks about Father, he's talking about God in heaven. Uh, and then he says, even in your own law, so he kind of turns it back on these religious teachers, these teachers of the law, even in your own law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one who testifies about myself and the Father. So these two men, I am the one that testifies about myself and the Father. Now, I imagine there was a little bit more to this conversation than what's actually recorded in the Bible. I imagine they go, well, how did the Father testify about you? And Jesus goes, water into wine. Mm. I tore up your stuff in the temple and nobody killed me, right? Y'all remember that? When he comes in the temple, you say, y'all know, man, if somebody came in here and started tearing up stuff, I don't know that we, we make sure something happened to (laughs) him. East Point going to be here. Uh, I'm going to shine my flashlight on him and then hold him down (laughs) to East Point. (laughs) To East Point shows up, something's going to happen, right? And Jesus is going, I turned water into wine, right? I tore up your stuff in the temple. um, I healed that guy that was laying next to the pool that couldn't walk, right? I fed 5,000, right? Is that not the testimony of the Father? So he's saying, the Father has testified of me because y'all know no human being could do this kind of stuff and live. No human being could do this kind of stuff. And so there's two people that are testifying of me, the Father in heaven, right? And I'm saying of myself is true. Your very law itself says that if two people are testifying of the same thing, um, then then it must be true, right? Uh, and And then John wants us to see. He goes a little bit further. Um, in, in, um, we'll read verse 19 and 20. Uh, uh, John wants us to see that, um, that Jesus' credibility is kind of um, signed off even by the, the fact that Jesus is still alive at this point. All right? look at what he says in verse 19. So they were saying to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father, because he's the full representation of, of God, right? The full representation of God, God's word, even. But then verse 20, this is, this is kind of um, John's commentary, if you will. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. So John wants people to, he, he's, he's uh, in, in his day, uh, even people that remembered jesus living and walking and teaching john wants to point back to that and say you remember when this guy did this stuff and that if anybody else would have done it they would have arrested him they would have thrown him into jail they would have crucified him but jesus kept on doing this stuff year after year and no one was able to lay their hands on him no one was able to arrest him no one was able to throw him into jail. Even what we're going to see even later in, in like an in Acts, what we see with like Paul and the disciples of Jesus, they were always getting arrested and getting flogged and stuff. Flogging just sounds awful, right? Just whipped with whips and cords and sticks. They were taking a brutal beating and Jesus never took a beating. And John's saying that's because he was God, right? And his, the testimony of the Father was true and no one could lay a hand on him unless God sent him. And so John wants us to see, um, or I want you to see (laughs) um, that when we get in John's gospel, it wasn't that people had a hard time believing in God. They had a hard time believing in Jesus because Jesus was commanding their soul allegiance. Jesus was saying, I am the only one that matters. So when he says, "I am the light," he's saying, "I am the only thing that's worth following with your life." And that everything else is a distraction, and everything else ultimately resides in darkness." And, and so, um, so in our world oh boy, in our world um, in our world, it's, it's not a popular thing. Um, it's not a popular thing to put our sole allegiance in Jesus. In fact, later in John chapter fourteen, Jesus is going to say, "I'm the way, the truth, the life. Truth, the life." Um, he, he's going to say, "I'm the only way to the Father." And 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 that teaching of Jesus has gotten gotten a lot of flack in our society, especially when there's all these other um, religions and. And beliefs and ways of going through life that that are esteemed as valuable and worthwhile, but but what Jesus from this point forward is going to be in turning our attention to, where He says, "I am the light." He's going to say, "I am the only thing that's worth your attention." Right? I'm, it, 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 we we live in a um we live in a very spiritual world, right? There's all different kinds of things you could do. In fact, you could practice multiple different religions. In fact, you can uh, become a a guru or an expert in a a different religion without even having a guru or expert to teach you. You could just Google it, right? You can go to Reverend Google and and look up like what does so-and-so believe and what does so-and-so believe, right? You could just go there, right? And Google can be your spiritual leader of your life. In fact, I mean, we kind of laugh, but that's kind of true, right? That's what people are doing, right? You can can go um, Wikipedia even. I mean, God, look there's some religious stuff on Wikipedia. Some of it's good, but some of it's wacky, right? Um, and and, and uh, there's stuff online. And in and, and our world, our world is changing. Um, our world is changing where uh, technology has brought all kinds of religious stuff into our world and into our environment. Whether it's some guy on the television that you will never know or see his life, or walk into his or her church and never really know their genuine character, but yet that person speaks into your life, right? And and you believe what they say and you kind of follow them. Um, or whether it's books that we have access to um, that we can go to the public library and we can check them out and we can allow them to become guidance for our life, or whether it's Reverend Google that you're going to and and asking spiritual questions and and now he's. He, she, uh, it is becoming um, a guidance for, for, for your life. It, it's kind of becoming, um, uh, we, we, we live as though we have multiple lights that are worthwhile following. And Jesus is saying, I am the light. Your sole allegiance and attention belongs with me. And that's a difficult, increasingly a difficult thing to do whether consciously or kind of subconsciously, sometimes we don't recognize all the different things that are giving shape and meaning to our life. And so there's a a couple of points that I want us to see that come directly out of this passage that I think can can find application for our lives. The first one is make a decision today, right, to walk in the light, right? Make a decision to to, to walk in the light. Here's what this means. This means um, recognizing um, recognizing all the ways you've walked in the darkness and even that walk, ways that walking in the darkness has failed you, right? How it hasn't proven to be true in your life. So recognize all the ways you walked in the darkness. That's that, that has to say, and remember, the analogy we began with when you're walking in darkness, um, maybe you, you, sometimes you might stumble and you might go, well, that wasn't, like, that wasn't helpful for me. Like my, my, uh, my, my friend at work said that, that, uh, that you know, um, that that worked for him but that didn't that didn't, that didn't work for me that was, that's not that's not a true source of meaning for my life Right? So so recognize all the ways that you've kind of felt your way through life or felt your way through this world where you're walking in darkness and you're trying this and trying that and trying this because ultimately you're looking for meaning and satisfaction for your life. Right? Recognize those things and then make a decision to walk in the light, right? Then make a decision to repent from those things. Repent is a is a a good biblical word that means to turn from, right? So if you're pursuing other things in darkness, trying to find meaning for your life. Make a decision to turn from those other things and turn to the light. Because here's what the Bible teaches us. Um, it, it, it teaches us that as we turn to the light, we we find, um, we find and not according to the metrics of this world uh, necessarily. In other words, if the metric of the world says um, that you follow this way and you will have wealth um, So we don't find that according to the metrics of this world, but we find ultimately that light leads to light. Following the light, Jesus Christ, his ways, his word, right, it leads us into the life that God intended for us to have, a life that's full of meaning and satisfaction and joy. But, but first, got to give ourselves to that light, right? we got to make Jesus our soul, uh, give our, him our soul allegiance. Second thing I want you to see is that we got to recognize the seductive power of darkness, that we got to see how seductive the power of darkness is. This is kind of what Jesus is talking about in verse 21 in John chapter 8. Listen to what he says. Um, then he said again to them, I go away, and you will seek me. And you would die in your sins. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Jesus is kind of brutally honest here. Um, so the Jews were saying, surely he would not kill himself. Will he, since he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. And he was saying to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. When he says you are of this world, he's showing us that we were both we were born in this world and were shaped and influenced by this world. And so, um, not everything that mama taught you was true is true. Not everything that daddy said was true is true. Not everything your teacher said is true uh, is true, right? Uh, the, the ways that the world has shaped you are, are in, in some cases not true and valid ways, right? Whether that's uh, from your own household on out to uh, things that are taught to you, at maybe even in your place of employment, that are good and truthful and ways of keeping your job, maybe. Um, that not, there may be ways of keeping your job that will dishonor and dissatisfy God, and there are times you're going to have to turn your back on those things because that's not the light. And so we got to recognize the seductive power of this world where, it will, um, where if we're living in a world that's filled with darkness, it will begin to shape and influence us in terms of what's true and right and good for our lives. And, and John, again, is calling us back to step back and see what the light says. Remember, your word is a light to my feet, a lamp into my path. Jesus is a light to my feet, a lamp into my path. Final thing I want you to see is that we got to make Jesus ultimate, right? we got to make Jesus ultimate. Um, if you look at verse, let's, let's see, verse, verse 28, John chapter 8, verse 28. So Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me, right? When you lift up the Son of Man. This is, this is a hard teaching for us to get, because he, he's saying this. He's saying, um, it's not until you make Jesus the only way, that you'll discover true, truly that he is the only way, right? It's not until you give him your um, soul allegiance that you'll realize that he was worth it to begin with. It's, it's not until you begin following him and only him uh, that you realize that he's the only one worth following, right? And so that's what he's saying when he says, um, um, uh, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. When you exalt, the word actually that he uses there is kind of exalt. When you you lift him up, when you praise God, Jesus as God alone, right, that it's then and only then that you will see that he is adequate and enough for your life. But for for me this week, this passage just is, um, it challenges me um, it challenges me to kind of scrutinize my life, right, to, um, to take this introspective look at my life. Because this metaphor of, of light functions in multiple different ways. In fact, John kind of mixes the ways that he uses this metaphor. Um, but there's one thing that the light does, That's that as we come into it, it reveals stuff that is hiding in the crevices, right? Uh, it's like, um, it, it's in my house, y'all, but it's like the roaches that are, it, you know, when you turn on the light and the roaches go scatter. Y'all can come to my house for dinner. And I, I mean, you can get roaches in your beef stew. Um, but it's, it reveals stuff, right, that, that you might not have seen before when the light comes on. And the Bible teaches that Jesus is the light of the world. And, and if we're going to follow him, that means we're coming into the light and it's revealing stuff that might not honor God. And in this passage for me this week, as I was reading it and, and, and trying to spend time in God's word, and as I spend time in God's word, I'm, I'm doing so with the question, God, what are you revealing in my life that does not honor you? What am I holding on to for meaning and purpose in my life that I need to let go of? What am I getting um, uh, or seeking ultimate joy and pleasure and satisfaction in that is not of you, right? Um, where is my value, so value and self-worth coming from, right? Is it coming from my relationships? Is it coming from my accomplishments? Is it coming from the, the life that I'm able to build for myself, or is it coming from the life that you're building up in me? And so um, this passage called me, and, and I think it's calling us today to, to, to come into the light and let all kinds of stuff be revealed, and to live in a way that now and in the light we're able to see things that have been hiding in darkness. To repent of those things. To recognize that they're not becoming of children of God. And allow God through his word to sanctify us. To make us whole and pure. That doesn't happen overnight, right? That happens over the course of time as we walk in the light. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks this morning that you give us this opportunity to, um, to come into this place and to read the scriptures and to be challenged by them. And God, your word is good for our souls. It's not just good reading, good stories, but it's good for our souls because in it we find meaning for our lives and ultimately we're able to... Um, to settle and rest from a life of searching for meaning and truth. St. Augustine said once, Our hearts are restless, O God, until they find their rest in you. And God, that is so true. And so God, I just pray that today, that as we... Hear the word that says, come into the light, God, that we will come into the light and we will find our rest in you, that we will let all the darkness in our lives flee, God, that it will be removed from our lives and that we'll find wholeness and satisfaction in in you. And that we will be a people who walk and live in the light. in your son Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.